Welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. We interview people who have dealt with the trickiest of health challenges, but eventually learn to get well and stay well naturally. Now it's time to hear from one of our detectives and learn how another health issue has been solved. We hope you enjoy the show. People were tired of just taking pills or being told nothing's wrong with you or going from one therapy or product yes. or diet to the next. We call that the cycle of trial and error. So people were caught in the cycle of trial and error 22 years ago when I started looking for solutions. And guess what? There's a lot of people caught in that same cycle of trial and error today, which is why we're still here doing all this amazing work. All right. What is going on, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and we are very excited to have you today. We got a special episode with a special guest, none other than Mr. Reed Davis. How are we doing, man? Fantastic, Ev. And congratulations on all the amazing things you've done here with this podcast. I know this is our 100th recording. And so Evan asked me if I'd appear. Of course, you know, I'm ready for anyone, anytime, anywhere, any place. Yeah. And that's what's going to be fun because Reed's actually going to be doing a lot more on the podcast. We're going to have him on for interviews as we've gotten uh, bigger and the guests continue to grow or I get bigger themselves. So with that said, 100 episodes has been super fun. We've had incredible stories on here. And as you guys know, we bring on people from all walks of the functional health space. But primarily, we do talk to FDN, people yeah. who have been through the FDN program. And the reason we prioritize that is because they have the best stories in the functional space. Let's be honest, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly with that level of consistency. I'm not saying we haven't heard amazing stories when you talk to some random doctor or some person. You do hear those. Yeah. But never do you go somewhere and see over and over and over again, oh, this person, wow. And we're not saying that we're promising this. All this is about is just changing your lifestyle, right? Yeah. But this person doesn't have cancer symptoms anymore. This person doesn't have autoimmune symptoms. These are all things that have happened on this podcast. FDN just helps you figure out what's going on in your body. What are the hidden stressors? What can we work on? And we identify those, help you kind of get them out. Body does its thing and it heals up. So this is the guy though, that came up with this philosophy over the, what, that's 20 years ago now? Over 20 years ago. Yeah, about 22. <laughs> okay. So almost as long as I've been alive. So I think this is a good guy to be talking to, to really show you guys what are the best stories from this. And I think actually a great way to start off would be, how did you even realize you were onto something with this? Because you were working with a chiropractor, right? When did you even start to begin to develop the FDN system? And yes, we talked about this a little bit in episode one, but I'm sure we have listeners that have never gone all the way back to episode one, right? So how did the FDN sure. system start? You know, it started when I was working in a clinic. I wanted to help every person walking in the door and everybody was already seeing three or five or eight or 10 different practitioners and they weren't well yet. I thought, wow, that's a big ripoff. Mm -hmm. And I, it was probably very naive at the time, but I said, I'm going to be the last person you need to see. Yeah. <laughs> that's just one guy in a, in a, in a, wellness center. We had chiropractic, acupuncture, massage, nutrition. Matter of fact, I was a nutritionist and personal trainer, by the way. Okay. And um, I just started running labs and trying to get to the bottom of it. Like, you know, I did, people were tired of just taking pills or being told nothing's wrong with you or going from one therapy or product yes. <laughs> or diet to the next. We call that the cycle of trial and error. So people were caught in the cycle of trial and error 22 years ago when I started 
looking for solutions. And guess what? There's a lot of people caught in that same cycle of trial and error today, which is why we're still here doing all this amazing work. Yeah. Well, and I love that you uh, had phrased it as cycle of trial and error, because you've been talking about that since I went through FDN, because most people don't realize that they're in it. But when I talk to them about it or when someone else at uh, FDN Thrive does, they're like, oh, that sounds like me. Yeah. yeah, I've been going to doctor to doctor and trying this out. Yeah. And then they end up in the natural version of it, right? Where they're going yeah. to the health food store and buying every random supplement yeah. and they got no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, functional medicine, unfortunately, has is still working on the same paradigm as standard medicine. Mm-hmm. So they diagnose and treat specific things. And it's trying to be more natural functional medicine. Thank God it's there because they work a little higher up into the causal level, but many of their patients are still stuck in a frustrating cycle is because the functional medicine hasn't broken out of, you have to provide a diagnosis to get paid by the insurance company. You can't just say what we say is it's metabolic chaos. There's a lot of things going on at the same time and we can address it all at the same time. Physicians, unfortunately, can't do that because they're bound by their licensure. They're bound by their uh, the medical and uh, the financial model. You got to diagnosis and treat something to get paid by an insurance company. And that's what people don't get because it's a shame. And we're really good at wording this correctly, I think, especially on the podcast and in FDN in general, but people automatically assume that if you're with the functional, you're against Western or something like that. It's like, oh, what, you guys hate doctors? Or it's like, guys, we have doctors in FDN. That doesn't make any sense. They're in a system. It's not the doctor that's doing something bad. The system might not be optimized for the chronic disease that we're seeing in today's world. And often, I don't think it is. I know that was the case for me. I know that was the case for my mom because it's very limited. It only allows you to treat certain things with the medications or whatever. For my mom, for example, right? She gets a medication of Synthroid. Oh, that doesn't work. Okay, we'll just remove your thyroid. The thyroid must be the problem, right? And it's like, holy cow, I wish we found FDN before that, but she's doing great now because of this. So yeah, I'm curious, 20 something years ago, because I think a lot of us that I know people that are calling FDN very often or FDN Thrive, I should say, it's usually within the last five to 10 years that they started dealing with stuff. I feel like a lot of people are waking up to the chronic health epidemic, but it sounds like stuff was already going on then. So who was kind of the main client or person walking through the door and what were they dealing with? Did they have a diagnosis? You know, it's funny you ask, because I keep telling my trainees and my graduates, everybody that we don't treat anything specifically. We treat everything non-specifically. That means that our protocols have to have an effect, a beneficial effect on every cell, every tissue, every organ, every system, the entire organism. So basically people have lived themselves into these problems. They're chronic degenerative diseases that come from lifestyle and the environment and all the sort of bad stuff that's out there. And so guess what? If you sort it out, what areas need to be healed, what areas need to be healed, then you can heal those areas by doing the opposite things, live your way out of it, of whatever you lived your way into. That's why our protocols have an effect on every cell, tissue, organism simultaneously. We can never get in trouble for practicing medicine without a license because we never diagnose anything specific. Yeah. Well, we're definitely, we're certainly not practicing medicine, even kind of, right? Yeah. That's why it Well, works. we don't want to. We, <laughs> yeah. give, we, we, we give a complete monopoly to diagnosing and treating specifics to those that are licensed to do so. We don't want to pee in their backyard, you know, just if you need that, get that. If you have some downward spiraling, real serious condition, and the progression of that is very contracted, then you need to get intervention. Yeah. Now, we're, we come along and the observations we make, they do require time uh, to heal. 
And, but the diet will heal. Your rest will heal. Exercise will heal. Yeah. Stress reduction heals amazingly, especially when you identify those hidden stressors. And then, of course, supplementation is really important. Sure. Well, and I think that's um, kind of the amazing thing because, yes, it does take time to heal. The body can heal, guys, but it's not going to be overnight, right? Yeah. But the thing is, you know, you might have been sick for 20 years, but if you really work your butt off and you do this stuff right, that's where nature's amazing because the body might actually be able to heal itself up in a year. So, hey, healing up in a year for 20 years of abusing the heck out of your body and doing whatever you wanted to do, I think that's actually a pretty fair trade-off that we're even lucky enough to have the ability um, to come back after that. And then, so um, just to be clear, because I think you were kind of prefacing this, so what were these people walking into your clinic with? Like, who who was the main client and what were the symptoms? Okay, yeah. yeah. The demographic, if you will, was mostly women, Mm -hmm. working women. Their kids were middle or sort of older, even out of the nest, so to speak. Uh, They're working women who had a lot of stress, a lot of hormonal problems, digestive problems. They had uh, emotional problems. They had physical ailments, aches, pains, and you name it, foggy thinking, tiredness, fatigue, all this sort of stuff. And guess what? They had all of that going on at the same time. <laughs> That's what separated my thinking from I didn't want to just fix one thing because then I'd just be guy number eight. You know, they've been to seven. I'll be number eight. And then there'll be a number nine, 10, 11, 12. And I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. who was just helped them with one thing. So it was mostly women. Now, once we had success, they brought me their husbands, they brought me their children. Sure. <laughs> and that's why FDA now is expansive. It's There's almost no one that can't help. Right. And I think it makes a lot of sense that, unfortunately, women got affected by this first. And I think they care more in general, too, about their health. About you know? their health. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They'll see it we, going we on. We care about our cars. <laughs> yeah. And we'll keep going until you know we're really shot, until we can't go anymore. Then we're like, all right, we got to do something about this. You know, yeah. um, I think women are a little smarter in that way. But the other problem is, if we look at what's actually causing this health epidemic, what is it? It's the poor diets, it's the chemicals or whatever. And who in general has to put more chemicals on their body or deal with more type of stuff? I mean, we throw women on birth control now in their teenage years. So we're going to mess that up from day one. They're expected to wear makeup. They're expected to wear the perfume. So they have, I think, I forget what the exact um, stat is on the toxic load. Their toxic load from those kinds of products is so significantly higher than men. Now their body's got to deal with all that. And I think that's why we still see I mean, FDN Thrive serves all types of clients, but you still do see this dominating kind of person of a middle-aged woman who has been sick for a while and she's going and she's working her butt off, man. And it's just like, I can't do this anymore because no one else is able to help me. Uh, There's so much going on. And it's like, well, we can tell you why (laughs) there's a million different things in your life that's happening to you. So I think this has branched out much farther than them now, though, because I was a five-year-old kid, male, when I first started experiencing symptoms, right? Uh, So I think this is long past just middle-aged women now, and now everyone's getting affected by this. Right. Well, you asked, you know, what was the main demographic? So mm-hmm. I was in a wellness center and 22 years ago, it was mostly women. Right. They would have, you know, leave work and come to try to get some kind of relief. And then we'd teach them about, look, relief is not, it's important, but correction, finding out why you suffer like this, not just putting the band-aids on that became my mission in life. And it's the same mission I have today. Sure. All right, cool. So now I want to get into some of like the stories because I know we, I mean, we could do this for days probably. Yeah. Um, Reed's worked with thousands of people directly over the years. Who knows how many, if you count your graduates, this is probably a number we couldn't even count at this point, right? Yeah, how many people have been it's, helped? It's high six figures. It's, yeah, it's way up there. For sure. So um, 
because I don't want to necessarily jump to the best story first. I kind of am curious, like, what was the first time you knew you wanted to do something different? Yeah. You start to do something different. What's the first time that you remember someone got like amazing results? You're like, oh, damn, like this is it. Like I figured let, this out kind of. <laughs> let me just preface that sure. with uh, that back to that cycle of trial and error that I recognized right away. And I thought it was a ripoff. And I thought, you know, going from one thing to the next and spending all this money, by the way, a lot of those practitioners making all this money and yet just going, Oh, well, we tried that wasn't going to work for me. And so I started running lab work now. And again, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was doing an awful lot of it because I knew I was onto something. One of the very first cases was a lady who came in the office. I remember her name or remember what she looks like. She'd been coming in for chiropractic. I would walk her back to the treatment room and uh, give her some pressure point therapy, which I was trained in, and a heat pack. And then the doctor would come in and do the adjusting. And it was working really well on that kind of a problem. But she's, I could tell she was feeling sad. And I said, what's going on? She said, Reed, it's this weight. You know, I'm 40 pounds overweight, and I'm so frustrated with that. And... Um, what are you doing about it? Me, happy me. Well, well, let, what can we do here? You yeah. know, she, oh, there's nothing I can do. I've been on this medication for the hives. Mm-hmm. She had hives on her skin. I've been on this medication for two years and it makes me fat. And I went to my doctor the other day, she told me, and um, he said, well, lady, you have your choice. You can be fat or you can have the hives take your pick, which is upsetting enough. But then she said to him, that's pretty depressing. He says, well, I'd be happy to write your prescription for antidepressants. <laughs> wow. You know, so making things even worse. And so she was just down. Now, when I looked at her then and I said, well, did you ever try to find out why you get the hives? And her head snapped around so fast. I thought she wouldn't need her chiropractic. Adjustment <laughs> that day. <laughs> you know, and she says, well, what do you mean? Yeah. I said, well, why don't we just find out why you get the hives and we'll deal with the, it on that level. She goes, well, I didn't know you could do that. No one told me. Two years she'd been suffering on this medication, gaining all this weight, and now getting depressed. And so the, we'll fast forward to two weeks after we got her test results back for some food sensitivities and environmental illness testing. It was very easy testing to do. Yeah. Had the kids right, sent her home with the kids. She got the kids done. We give her her results, go over a few lifestyle factors, including especially diet. And within two weeks, she called her doctor and says, I'm not taking this medication anymore. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I find out, found out why I get the hives. And within another couple of weeks, she'd lost weight. And she was doing two things Ev, that she had not done in two years. Take hot showers and work out to the point of perspiration. Sure, yeah. Which... She couldn't do even on the medication. That's like a histamine reaction, I guess, right? Is that what? This well, it was, you know, regardless of what type of, it was Fair just enough. a yeah, fact yeah. that she was doing, she had never even looked for the underlying cause. Her physician was totally happy to keep her on the medication and monitor her and that kind of thing. Like, you're still suffering? Yes, I'm still suffering. Keep taking your medicine, yeah. you know, like, and, and oh my God, this was just the antithesis of what we were all about yeah. at the wellness center. I think, um, and that really shows the fundamental problem that's going on is it's not even focused on the why, like the allopathic care system. It's never focused on what's actually happening with my mom when she started presenting with these symptoms. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. My mom was a hustler, man. She grew up in a very rough area. So she started, never went to college or anything, was doing the waitress thing, and then would go and start her own restaurant at night. So there was a time in her life where she was up about 19, 20 hours a day, 
taking care of us, working as a waitress. My dad's working seven days a week as a landscaper. And she's starting this restaurant with my aunt. And no one thinks to say, hey, maybe that's why you're not doing so well health wise right now. Yeah. But it immediately just jumps to, okay, like here's a medication to feel better. And we're not sadistic people. We want them to feel better. You know, like you got to use the medication for a little bit. That's great. But to not ever tell my mom something as simple as, hey, you're eating processed foods that are crap and you're working an unsustainable amount. There's no amount of medication that can fix that. You know, you're always going to have an issue there and you keep pushing that. Sure. Maybe we can bandaid it with the medication, but it's going to manifest as something else eventually if you give it enough time. So, you know, yes, I'll give you another example. Um, similar to what you're saying, the, uh, um, I was coaching football at the time too. I coached youth football is one of my favorite things to do. I'm out there with the kids and this lady comes up to me, one, one of the moms and says, you know, Billy for, for namesake, um, he, he can't come to practice on Wednesday night because he's having asthma attacks. And that's real estate's a couple of things. One is that he was on this inhaler and you can't bring an inhaler to practice with it. It wasn't allowed by the league. You, if you need an inhaler, you got to sit off to the side. Okay. So he would just not, so, but you know, that inhaler is important. That's relief care, but nobody was even looking for what was really the antagonist. So, I said to her, she goes, can he not come Wednesday night for practice, but still play on Saturday? And I said, no, <laughs> you won't know. <laughs> he won't know. And this is a good kid. This is a good little athlete. I, you want him. He's an impact player when mm-hmm. he's there. And so uh, I said, sorry, no, he won't know the plays. It's not fair to the other kids. And so on. We, we don't do that. She goes, she was depressed. You know, I'm like, look, did you ever try to find out why he's having these asthma attacks? No, I don't have any guarantees that we're going to discover. I said, but there's at least a couple of things you could look yeah. into. Ran practically the same labs that we ran on the first lady for her hives. And guess what? Within a couple of weeks, this kid had no more asthma attacks. Now, she brought me his sister's. And his brother, four kids, had her husband and did the labs herself because they wanted to purify. They learned something and they realized that, look, we can be in control. There isn't just take meds for the symptoms. Most of the listeners are probably beyond that anyway. But that was just another one of those heartwarming stories that I continued to hear over and over. That father, when I saw him at football games, would come up and thank me. And he would tell the other fathers, like, we really helped me and my son got him on the field. And now that kid was maybe nine then. I kept watching him go through high school and become and going to college and playing football. Wow. So we turned a life around. And that's the kind of thing that never goes away. That feeling um, it's why we work and do what we do. Yeah. And well, I love that. I mean, my next question for you was actually going to be what's a great one involving a kid? Because, first of all, it's usually not their fault at all. It's one thing if a 50 year old adult is you know, eating McDonald's every single day and refuses to change even after you tell them, hey, maybe that's not the best thing to be doing for your health. But a kid, man, that's like six, seven, eight years old, they don't know any better. They're born into wherever they're born into and they're, and they're trying their best. Um, and the worst part is the parents are usually trying their best. My parents didn't want me to have panic attacks or anything. They were doing the best that they could with the information oh, yeah. they had. And yeah, to think about how one little thing could have switched it around would have been great. And as you say in the course, you know, we have this vital reserve to us. Kids have so much of that that you just do a few things right only takes a couple of weeks sometimes and yeah. that kid's bouncing back to normal. Yes. It depends on the condition, how sure. long it's been going on, how severe it is, you know, and lots of factors, but sometimes it's just really simple. Mm-hmm. I got to give you another one. Cause this one is almost laughable. Funny. Um, 
so this lady's coming in the office and she's getting chiropractic and some of my nutritional wizardry, you know, <laughs> and she's feeling better, more energy, better sleep, uh, building some muscles. She was getting out of pain, of course, from her chiropractic stuff, uh, some injuries she'd been in and things. And she looked at me desperately one day and says, Reed, is there any chance you work with children? And I said, yeah, I work with them every day. I coach football. You know, I've helped kids on the team and things like that. She goes, well, I have a problem. Um, the teachers are saying that my son um, is misbehaving. He needs drugs. They want to put him on drugs. And so I said to her, well, do you think he has a drug deficiency? And she said, no, I don't think that's his problem at all. There's, you know, as I, I said, well, let's run a couple labs. We'll see. I have no guarantees. Just like with the asthma youngster, I, there's no guarantees. But there's such reasonable expectations mm -hmm. that improvements can be made yep. if you can find out what the underlying causal factors are. So this young man, we changed his diet and some other things, his sleep patterns and stuff. And within two or three weeks, I got a call from the principal of the school and he had tracked me down through the mom. I need to talk to this guy because mm -hmm. and he said, what did you put Billy on? Like as if I'd given him wow. some pills. Yeah. So I said, sir, it has nothing to do with what we put him on it has all everything to do with what we took out of <laughs> yeah, his exactly. diet. You know, and he, he just didn't believe that a change in diet would do that for a, for a guy. Oh, so he, he was calling pretty skeptical. Oh, he was, he wanted to know, what'd you put him on? Oh, well, I didn't know because how he wanted, all that was. I mean, wow. Okay. Yeah. He wanted to, what'd you Jeez. put him on? All right. Wow. As if there was some magic drug that had completely changed his kid's behavior. He had been poking around and couldn't stay still and wasn't paying attention. And he was bothering the other kids, like physically poking around, you know, oh, so this kid and, is well known. By and the now all of a sudden he's sitting there paying attention listening to the teacher go through whatever she's going through. And she's the one that wanted to put him on drugs because she wanted the behavior regardless of how good that would work out for yeah. the kid. And her mom, thank goodness that that boy's mom didn't want to put him on the drugs. Sure. You know, but wow. you know, anyway, that was another very heartwarming touching story that you never forget mm -hmm. that never allows you to give up on any person, young, middle, old, you know, whatever it is. Sure. So you went through this. I mean, for years, you're getting all these amazing stories. When did you realize that, hey, I want to actually, and I'm getting somewhere with this eventually. Like, where did you get to the point that oh, I want to teach this to other people? Because, yeah, we have FDN Thrive, and that's for the person that wants to come yeah. and, and work with an FDN, right? Yeah. And then, of course, for the people that want to do this as a career, you can do the FDN training like I did. So when did you decide, I need to start teaching this stuff? I've been in the clinic for nine years working like that. And I was out lecturing all the time. So I would love to, that's how I built my practice and how I built up the office was by going out and lecturing. So I was teaching in libraries, grocery stores, uh, clubs. We would do luncheons. Nice. We'd do meet and greet, all, all kinds of things, parent teacher associations there. Um, and I was just building my practice. The only reason I developed FTN was to build our clinic. I just wanted to do some good. And then people started coming up to me and saying, you should be teaching the other doctors. Some, I remember this one lady about 90, you should be teaching the doctor. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's way above my station in life. You yeah. know, I'm just trying to help you and the other people at the lecture here. And, but I kept hearing that over and over again in my head. And then one day I'm driving home from one of my lectures mm -hmm. and I just got a handful of clients to sign up because everyone wants to do this work. They yeah. get really excited when they know that they can get to the underlying cause exactly. or condition, or at least there's a reasonable 
alternative path here. And so uh, I got a call from the lab director of one of the labs that was my most popular lab, a lab I was running hundreds and hundreds of these labs. And he calls me up and he goes, who the hell are you? I said, it's Reed. You, you know, you, you're the one that called me. <laughs> and he said, well, how in the hell are you doing so much lab work? I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, you do more lab work than a famous doctor. I won't name than his office. And he has five doctors working for him. <laughs> how many doctors work at your place? I said, there's a chiropractor and an acupuncturist, but I'm the only one running labs. I'm not even a physician. I'm just doing it under their sure, yeah, yeah. licensure. And he said, well, whatever you're doing, you need to be teaching it to others. Okay. He said, do you realize how many people you could help if you would just get other people to deputize and copy your system? And I thought about that. I said, yeah, here I am helping, you know, over a number of years, a few thousand people. But what if I did deputize others? So I started putting a class together. And the rest is kind of history. You know, from that first class, I became a teacher. I let my practice drop away for the most part until we got to FDN Thrive. Yeah, yeah. That's like the new practice. Well, and we need it because people were calling the course and saying like, hey, like, listen, I don't want to. The course is intense, man. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. You get to become well, a practitioner. Very, very robust. And that's, and that's wonderful. That's for some people. But we also need other jobs out there in the world. <laughs> and so some people are calling just saying, hey, I want to work with an FDN. Where can I go for that? And now to be able to offer this to the public. And of course, it helps out the graduates as well. But that's a separate thing. The reason I was trying to segue into that is because I'm curious if anything sticks out off the top of your head. Do you remember like any graduates that went through where their health transformation was amazing? Because, you know, as Reed was just talking about, the whole reason FDN Thrive was kind of founded is so that we have a way to serve the public. But there was people, even like myself, when I went through the course, I didn't necessarily say, oh, I can't wait to be an FDN. I saw a system at the time that I believed was good. I, I talked to Jen Maleka, as I think you remember. And of course, you talk to Jen Maleka on the phone. You're going to be excited about FDN pretty quick. And um, yeah. so she got me involved. But I was going through for my own health. And then I realized, wow, I actually would love to, to do something with this in one way or another. So I'm curious, especially those initial grads, were there people going through that they wanted to do this as work, but they also had their own health challenges and who might really like stick out with that? Because I even have a list of those people in my head. So I'm curious to hear what you have as well. Well, you just mentioned one of the top people, Jen Maleka, and she has an amazing story. She was a personal trainer, did a little nutrition, but she had her own health problems. She had thyroid stuff, and I'm sure she wouldn't mind. Matter of fact, you can go back in the episodes of Fine when Jen was on. Episode six, I believe. So she's a great example of someone who came figuring that they'd already, you know, they'd settled with, well, I'm going to be on meds for the rest of my life, and I'm probably going to need surgery in 10 years. And completely turned it around just by doing what we do getting to underlying causes, conditions, making the changes that are necessary, which is really critical. Don't, there's no magic pill like that, that, that uh, principal of the school, what did you put him on? You know, yeah. there is no magic pill. There's work to be done, <laughs> but there's people that will tell you exactly what needs to be done and walk you down the path, if you will, or help you climb the stairs is a better analogy. I, I love the analogy of, you know, we're all on this pathway together. Yeah. No one's perfectly healthy. In my 22 years in this field, um, I don't know anyone at the top of the stairs. Some just have more steps to take than others. And as long as you keep making those steps, you're going to do all right. And for some people, you know, they go the first few steps and they feel great. You go a few more steps, they feel amazing. And now they're really healthy, healthy and happy teaching others 
to do the same thing. So as we go up the stairs, we learn to reach down and bring others up that stairway to health. And then we stay on the path together. So Jen was a good example, but there's so many others in the very first FDN class. So it's funny to think about it now, because we're in 50 countries. We have thousands of graduates, but the first class in July of 2008, there was 19 people. <laughs> and I stood in front of uh, those 19 people and went over 200 slides in two days. And that was FDN. There was no practical exams and exercises. It was just not the robust course that it is today. <laughs> it was more or less an introduction. And still, I remember a lady standing up because I had them run some labs before the class. So oh, that's we, smart. Okay. We, we signed them up for the class, sent out some lab kits, and they all came and got their results Wow! all at once, 19 people. And so um, this one lady thought she was in great shape. She was a personal trainer. She was also a, a chef, like a really good natural chef kind of person. And um, she looked good. Or she wasn't overweight or anything. But when she looked at her labs, she realized that all that vim and vigor was just mental attitude. It was that she had such a positive attitude, refused to admit that she actually wasn't doing well. Yeah. When she looked at her lab, she goes, oh, my God, I have no hormones. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> like she'd been faking it, mm -hmm. her, her exuberance and her sex drive and all of these things that really were non-existent. She, she was a great faker. And when she looked at the realities that, that come with this, this lab data, um, it really gets you straight. You know, we're not trying to bring anyone down, but you get the point I'm trying no, to make. No, absolutely. I'll never forget. Um, I have an acupuncturist, great guy. And we always have really objective conversations with ourselves or with each other. And when I first brought this concept to him, he had said, he's like, well, I think that's really cool what you're doing. Ev. But he's like, aren't you worried that maybe people get these labs back and now they have something in their head that wasn't there before. And I said, I'm so glad that you've never been sick enough that you view the labs that way. Because yeah. for someone like me or like that woman, yeah. it's not putting in your head, it's validating. I'm yeah. like, why have I felt like I can't keep up my whole life? Why am I not that, you know, we're aspiring for people to do this, but I was 21. It would have been cool to go out and have a drink with my friends. My buddy can go kill half a handle of vodka in one night, four hours of sleep and goes works a shift the next day. Mm -hmm. If I had, I'm not kidding. One or two drinks. I have a migraine the whole next day. Oh, I'm hungover. I feel terrible. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of the whole point. It's like, no, for me, that was validating. It's not, I know yeah. something's bad. I yeah. need to see what's actually going on because yeah. when I go to the doctor, they're not telling me what exactly what's happening. It turns out, um, I mean, this was a while ago. I wouldn't expect you to remember this. I was in the exhaustive phase of HPA axis dysfunction as a 21 year old male. Yeah. I'm already sure. that tanked out. <laughs> sure. Well, we find people younger than that. Even yeah. um, we don't like to test a lot of just in the, uh, when you're going through puberty, it's probably not a good time to run the hormone test. Sure, we would yeah. run the food sensitivity and the, the gut test, all that. But um, you had a lot of things going on. We generally run five labs on every person. And uh, that gives us a whole constellation of healing opportunities. And that's how we can work on the entire person and every cell tissue organ system, the entire organism at once, because we get data about all of these things, the hormones, the immune system, digestion, detoxification, energy production, nervous system balance. All of that is at play every single moment of every single day. Mm -hmm. So why would you single one thing out? And it was just, which is what's wrong with standard medicine is that it singles things out. What's your complaint? Migraines. Okay. So here's some medicine for your migraines. This will, they've even got them now that kind of prevent migraines from happening. Um, or if you get one, they can reduce the severity yeah. instead of being in a 
dark room with a pillow over your head for four or five days. It's down to one day. Well, that's an improvement, but we would just say, well, let's figure out why you get the migraines, you know, <laughs> like, and that might take a, an investigation, but the amount of suffering we relieve and um, it does cost money, but it's one of the best investment a person could possibly make, get these labs done. And like that lady who, who, you know, looked at her labs and admitted, Oh, it's so true. Oh my God, it's true. You know, she goes, but I can see, then she brought her positive intelligence. (laughs) We're going to change this. We're going to do whatever it takes. And thank goodness we don't just figure out what's wrong with people or what the healing opportunities are. We give them the entire lifestyle that they need, you know, everything from DRESS, diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, supplementation. It's, it's a holistic um, environmentally sound uh, program for, for anybody, any family, any group. Yeah. Well, it's kind of ironic because a lot of the type A, type A is so overrepresented in the people who go to FDN just because yeah, we burn ourselves out first. Right. Yeah. But then the good news is we get these labs back and we'll do it better than anyone because we're type A. Right. So, all right, I'll do everything I need to do in my protocol and, and get that all better. Um, that's really a, that's just, it's cool stuff. I love hearing this type of thing. And um, I know for me, when I first got into this, it was just really inspiring to be able to hear that there was something different. There was a different path. And I know that's the case for everyone out there. Now, one thing I have to go to, because, and this is opportunistic. I wasn't even planning on asking this today, but I should have thought about this because we have the founder on. There are so many people that call FD and Thrive and they love it. Like, this makes sense. This is yeah, great. Yeah. We talk about, hey, we use these labs and we do it all the time. And they're like, well, listen, I just have an eight out of 10 stomach pain. I don't need to run the hormone test. Well, why do I need the food sensitivities? Like, I don't need that. Can I know that you did already explain it, but I think this is worth reiterating because I'm going to show people this part right. when they ask. Okay. Why does someone coming in with a chronic uh, set of symptoms or an illness or whatever need to run all of those labs, even though they think, oh, well, it's just my gut hurting. So I just need to, my stomach hurting. So I just need to run a gut test or something. Why does it need to be all of these? The reason is that the underlying causes or conditions can be very far removed from where the symptoms are manifesting. And as a matter of fact, it's not only that there are various individual causes or causal factors, those upstream where the symptoms appear are crashing into each other. So they're having an effect upon each other. Now there's some of those causal factors can't be measured directly. They're only known from an indirect measurement. So, we just found over eight, nine year period of time that if you look at the hormones, the immune digestion detoxification, it's not any five labs we ask you to exactly, run. Yeah. It's very specific. Let's look at hormones, immune digestion, detoxification, energy production, and nervous system balance. It's your autonomic. You mentioned sympathetic. I'm actually more parasympathetic. Which is what, why I can handle a lot. I'm like the tortoise. I just keep going and going and going. Yeah, I don't burn out. I never need. burn out. I do need rest. I go get it and I come back the next day and I'm ready to go at my pace, you know, and yes. it, uh, it doesn't mean I don't get excited and get into the A thing sometimes, but I'm, I'm more, much more of a laid back personality. Mm-hmm. So, but all of those have to be balanced. You don't want to be too much laid back either. You, you end up look like a slug, you know, <laughs> I can sit on the fence for just hours looking at the lake and the breeze and the trees and the birds and the bees and really, really that kind of a guy, sure. you know, so you don't want to overdo that either. You got to, you got to get, <laughs> so you, don't, you don't want to be overly parasympathetic or sympathetic. You, you want to strengthen the weaker side. 
That's the kind of analogies we do. What type are you? We're going to strengthen the other side. And if it's digestion, if you're not breaking and absorbing your minerals and your vitamins and your phytonutrients and your essential fatty acids and your uh, antioxidants and things, that's not a good, you won't have the, the raw materials you need in your body. So we look at um, all of these things, H-I-D-D-E-N, hormone immune digestion and so on, uh, because we don't know which one is involved or contributing to the chaos, we call it metabolic chaos in your body, that is leading to those symptoms. So you have all of these causal factors streaming into the body. And if they're not immediately resolved, like if you're, you know, um, you know, in a, in a fight, you want to get out of the fight. Yeah. But otherwise, the kind of stress we're under today is so chronic. We don't recognize, we can't get out of it right away. We don't resolve it immediately. It just goes on and on and on. Now, pretty soon that goes downstream. And it's, if you look, use the stream analogy, it's like your organs, your cells, your tissues, your system, they're like the rocks in the stream and everything's crashing together. Now there's a lot of metabolic individuality involved. We're all so different that the same stressors up here, could cause migraines in this person, asthma in that person, joint aches and pains in the next person, gut inflammation in the next yeah. person. So what we address is as many of the healing opportunities as we can. And we let the chips fall where they made. Like you said in the very beginning, I think you appreciated that. You said the body knows what to do. You don't have to teach any cells what their job yeah. is. Well, and I, this is the first thing I explained to someone if we're talking on the phone about this. And I, it's, simple, but it's conceptually exactly the same thing. If I get a paper cut, okay, stop messing with the cut. Don't pick the scab. That's it. It heals itself. You know, the body wants to be in a state of health by default. Now, of course, it's a little more complicated than a paper cut because that's easy to remove, All right? Stop messing with this paper that has the sharper edge, whatever, right? Use something different or just stop being an idiot and you won't put, cut put your finger. Yeah, but yeah, right. <laughs> but when then we have the gut bugs, when we have the food sensitivities, when we have all these other things, it's a little more complicated, but it's the same thing. You stop picking the scab, you stop messing with it. Yes, the human body wants to heal um, and you give it enough time and it will do that. In fact, again, we're really lucky that it will heal a lot faster than it should seemingly considering how long you've been sick. I think that's a beautiful thing that that even happens. And then I guess my part B to that question, because, all right, I get now why we use these five labs. So people will call sometimes like, well, why not heavy metal testing or why not this test? And there's a lot of great fancy tests out there that we're not even saying are bad. I mean, FDNs have access to a lot of these things, but if you don't do this core stuff first, I feel like it's almost like a waste of time to be going to that extra stuff. Now I might be, you might have a better way to explain this than me. I always explain to someone, if they call asking a question like that, I'm like, well, if you work on this core stuff, you usually don't need those labs because that stuff kind of evens itself out. Of course, there's rare cases where someone has a really weird, I've seen this myself, a super weird water in their house. And yes, they do have a insanely high level of a metal. Well, the water is the problem, not any of the other stuff. How do you explain that to someone where we have hundreds of labs we can run today? Every different doctor has a different lab that they run and that they love. And we stick to this core system for almost 20 years now. Why don't we need more labs per se? Well, the other labs can come in handy as troubleshooting techniques or methods. So you have to start with a, you said, um, I forget what term you use, but it's the core, the basic stuff. Yeah. We, we call it um, the grounding program. So we're a holistic grounding program. We're going to get your hormones balanced, your immune system. If it's overactive, quiet it down. Uh, we can get the digestion working, detoxification working, energy uh, production increases on a cellular level. 
And then, of course, the autonomic balance. That's the grounding program you need. That's kind of like the the life preserver. You know, you get that on. Now you're floating. Now you can you're not drowning anymore. You're not going to go down uh, three times or any of that stuff. So now you've got your bearings and you have something you feel so much better. Now you can start to zero in if there is one, like if it's a heavy metals problem. Um, well, you might need your mercury removed, but we wouldn't just go up to s- someone who had a bunch of symptoms and say, oh, it's your mercury. Get your mercury removed. Yeah. You know, so you, you we don't want to pick on one thing. And there's that's another thing that's built into the uh, modern American medical system and around the world, I guess, um, is that. Physicians will listen to you. And a lot of even health coaches who aren't doing our system, they're doing a different system, functional medicine practitioners, they say, what are your symptoms? Well, if it was my hair is thinning, I'm overweight and I can't seem to lose it, no matter how much exercise I do, my uh, arms and my, my hands and my feet feel cold or even numb at times, I'm constipated, my skin seems to be thinning. Well, that sounds like a thyroid problem. And so, well, it sounds like thyroid. So then the person will run a thyroid test and then, oh, look, your thyroid is low. Hypothyroidism. I found your problem. It's like confirmation. And pat myself on the back (laughs) and here's your prescription. We're going to get those test results in shape. We're going to raise this, lower that, whatever it might be. I call that treating the paper for one thing. But what happens if that person does feel a little bit better? Well, you're going to feel a bit better if your thyroid was low and now it's back. But no one's asking the question, why was my thyroid underactive? Is there something wrong with my thyroid? Typically, no, that's, there's no reason for the cause. It's, they call thi- hypothyroidism idiosy- idiosyncratic. They call it um, idiopathic. Okay, I was about to say It's idiopathic. No, it's yeah. idiopathic. We don't know the cause. Well, that's frankly bull. There's lots of causes why your thyroid would go into uh, remission a little bit. It's it's going to slow down to save your life. You're under so much stress that your body has is wants to conserve resources. Yeah. Well, you know, high thyroid will burn up your resources. You, you, so it kind of goes into hibernation as a normal, natural response and adaptive response to the type of stress that you're throwing at it. So if you're hypothyroid, it's probably some form of stressors and it's actually doing the right thing, but you feel bad because of it. Again, the thinning hair and the constipation and the typical traditionally reliable cluster symptoms sounds like thyroid. And how many people do you think are on thyroid medication because of that? It's in the 20, 30, 40, 50 million people. Yeah. I'm sure it's up there somewhere um, who guess what? Aren't looking for why they're hypothyroid. No. You know, and there could be there is such a thing as um, deficiencies in the diet, like iodine deficiencies. It's so rare. It's so rare. Um, And there's some other possible issues where it borders on medical. But for the most case, 80 percent of the cases that I've seen, it's been that we resolve the stressful, stressful factors, get the HID, get all that in shape. And the thyroid comes back to normal or you at least need a lot less thyroid support. And may even just switch to the natural and you don't need any uh, patented medicine. Wow. <laughs> um, I think that's a good explanation. I said you may be able to explain it's a little one, better than me. I would one, say one so. example. Another is uh, uh, gut problems. So people uh, would have, let's say, uh, diarrhea or constipation or alternating gas, bloating, heartburn, indigestion and so on. 
And so some practitioners might go, it sounds like SIBO or it sounds like a bug. You have, you have a bug. We're going to run a stool test. One test, God forbid they find a parasite or some bacterial overgrowth. They're going to say to that person, I found your problem. And they start treating that one thing, that bug, you know, uh, antibiotics, antiparasitics or, or whatever it might be. And that person feels a little bit better. Yeah. But guess what? In a few months, they're going to some other doctor. They got the same problems again because they didn't address all the causal factors, the food sensitivities and uh, other things in their environment and the dysbiosis that is chronic and the candida overgrowth and, and the things. So so we, we can't just say, well, it sounds like bugs, do a bug test. It sounds like thyroid, do a thyroid test. Or even if it sounds like adrenal and run an adrenal test, we that system doesn't work as well. It gets people by a lot of people making a lot of money doing it. A lot of people feel a little bit better, but they're still caught in the cycle of trial and error. And that's why we go way above that to the entire constellation of healing opportunities and let the chips fall where they may. And people are exhausted with it because, uh, you know, a lot of people when they're calling us, they're saying they don't want to hear again. Oh, we know exactly what's wrong with you up front at least. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, it sounds like this. It sounds like that because Mm -hmm. now the market is so oversaturated with it, even in the functional and natural space, they're exhausted with it. I had that happen in probably the worst way possible. And I'll explain what I mean. So I had a, I'll just say a doctor, naturopathic doctor in my vicinity of the world, uh, run a stool test on me because she believed what I dealt with. All this stuff that I dealt with my whole life, which you know my story well enough. She thought it was just a gut bug. That's that's the only thing. So she runs a test. So this gets even worse. She doesn't find the bug on the test and still gives me the supplements for that bug. Hmm. Why did we run the test then? If all you were going to do at the end of the day is run the things for the bug, regardless, yeah. she was going to do that anyway. Why did I need to spend three, $400 on this test? You know, yeah. We will always get use out of any test that we get out of FDN, even if it looks yeah. good, you know, we're trained to, to use that appropriately then. Well, you know, there's, there's some licensure that s- some practitioners have to, to use their clinical impression, which I wanted to go back to for a second. Anyway, okay. we were talking about something. Clinical correlation is the key to lab explanation. If I'm going to explain these lab test results to you, they have them relate to you. So you can say, well, Mrs. Smith, here's your ratio of, let's say, estrogen to progesterone or, you know, whatever it is. And typically when people like that, they have tender breasts and they feel a little bit depressed and their menses is a little uh, uncomfortable, PMS, things like that. And guess what they do? That's me. So the lab results have to explain the person. Yeah. That's called clinical correlation. For the most part, that's true. But some practitioners, especially in Western medicine, they can look at the test and ignore it and say they're and, and take their clinical impression over whatever data they collected. And some health coaches do too. So that's not entirely legit, I mean illegitimate. But um, we would prefer not to have to do that. Right, absolutely. If you get enough, remember, if you're working at this level up here, all these causal factors, and we know they're crashing into each other and filtering down through individual metabolic weaknesses, weak links in metabolism, it, there's a thousand different possibilities. So the symptoms are way down here. Uh, it's just gets confusing for people to, to work at that symptom level, even a little bit higher where you're talking about, I'm just going to run a stool test or I'm just going to run a thyroid test. We got to go way up because we don't want to risk. And that's the investment people are making when they come to FDN Thrive. And I will send this to them every time because once they get it, anyone is willing to 
you know, spend the money on the labs, which is so much less than they've spent over the years anyway, so much less. But so many of these people spend tens of thousands of dollars, it's ridiculous. But the point is, you know, they're burnt out, like we said, because they've been to so many different places. It's like, yeah, we, no one has ever done FDN and gotten worse. You know, you're not going to get worse from this. You're going to at least move in the right direction. Like you said, no guarantees, but reasonable expectations. Uh, No, I find generally speaking, out of all the people I've interviewed, they're doing pretty darn well after doing this. And I actually got, um, I'm not going to go into the full stories. You guys can listen to the episodes, but of course, today, one of the core themes was talking about some of the most uh, impressive stories that we've ever heard. And I've been so lucky to do the podcast because now it's not like I didn't know FDNs before, man, but I'm talking to them about their deepest stuff on this podcast. And one of the coolest ones, and I I know you obviously know her very well, uh, Heather Cullen. Heather Cullen dealt with lichen sclerosis for almost 30 years, which is an autoimmune disease in the vaginal region, I'll just say. And she shared all this, you know, it's it's tough stuff, man. Yeah. She dealt with that since about seven, eight years old. No one diagnosed this until 30 years later. She figured it out. She's the one that's doing her own research and getting it uh, under control. And by the time she gets there, she also finds out that um, she's looking at like vulva cancer, a vulva cancer as well. Mm. Now she starts doing her own work. She's her own like detective, as we always say on the show and gets into FDN. Now, remember, she's been dealing with this for 30 years. She's been dealing with this as a kid and she does the FDN work. Did this happen over a month? No, if I'm not mistaken with Heather, it was almost like a a year of living this lifestyle correctly. But Heather has, she's asymptomatic for the uh, lichen sclerosis. She doesn't have the cancer. 30 years was dealing with this as a kid. Anyone in the Western world is going to say, oh, that's just genetics. That's just what, sorry, that's just the hand that you got dealt. Well, clearly it's not, right? Yeah. There was stuff that was missing from day one. So that was one of the, the coolest stories I've ever heard on here. And then, of course, I'm biased, but uh, just my own mom. She came on the podcast. I don't know if you ever realized oh, that. that's fantastic. Yeah. She, yeah. Yep. she shared her story because um, one time, and we're very open about stuff, several years back, we were arguing a lot. And I'm yeah. not, I don't want to argue with my mom. I love my mom and she loves me. And it just, it was like, it wasn't making sense. I didn't even get why she was arguing this stuff. And my dad pulled me aside the one day. Now, my mom wasn't even 50 at the time. Mm. And he's like, Ev, you know, I think it's probably like an early onset Alzheimer's thing. Can we just stop arguing here? Because we're probably going to be lucky to have her till 55 or 60 years old. Wow. Like, just let some things go. Mm. I'm like, okay. I didn't realize, I like, I knew she was sick. But when you see that your whole life, you don't realize sometimes how bad the people are getting. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you're right. It's not worth arguing something so right, stupid. Right. Just let it go. Yeah. Well, my mom made a huge shift about three years ago. And you know how tough if you're in that position, working with family can be tough. I sent her to uh, Jen at the time. We didn't have FDN Thrive. And she worked with Jen for nine months. Yeah. It saved my mom's life. My mom is completely back cognitively, best friends again, no arguing, no yelling. She's doing spin classes for two hours, twice a week. Um, she's you know working and doing things that she's passionate yeah. about and actually wants to start a nonprofit now for autoimmune disease awareness. That could have never happened without the things at FDN. This is a woman that's been sick since 20 years old, didn't find this until 50 thyroid removed, Accutane. I mean, all this different stuff has happened to her and it still worked well for her, even though she doesn't have a thyroid. Um, And well, I haven't said this publicly yet, so I'll say this, this is cool. You'll like this. You know that, and the audience might not know this in theory with a thyroidectomy, it is possible for a thyroid to regrow. It's very rare though. Her endocrinologist recently thought that she had nodules. Yeah. And so he got a scan on her and said, Oh, it's not a nodule. He's like, I've only had this happen with one other patient. This is a guy that's been in practice for decades. Mm -hmm. I've only had this with one other patient. He said, it looks like you're having thyroid regrowth. I'm not saying what, I'm not saying that's FDN or not. I'm just saying it's awfully coincidental that the one woman in his practice that is obviously doing something that no one else in the practice is doing 
seems to be getting results that no one else says. That's pretty crazy stuff. If that ever regrows, we're sharing that for sure. But um, you yeah. can, yeah, miracles aren't guaranteed. But <laughs> no, 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 but they <laughs> but they do occur. But more often than not, it's the taking the steps, and people know within a very short period of time if they're do on the right path. <laughs> You'll know you're on the right path. And that alone is such a mental uh, and emotional uplift that you start being even more compliant. You do even more things and things that we haven't even taught you. Uh, you start to notice around you. We can't teach every single thing about life, about every element. People ask us questions and we have to go, well, we haven't done the research on that particular thing. Um, but, you know, when they want to know about a sauna, we know which sauna, which water filter, which lots of, but there's other stuff that just comes up and, uh, you know, we're learning as we go. Um, but so no guarantees, but reasonable right, right. expectations has been my model for many, many years. The other thing I'll say is you mentioned Jen because we didn't have FDN Thrive, yeah, yeah. but now we do. So FDN Thrive was created. Remember, I went out of practice when I started teaching. I just devoted full time to teach. I didn't have room for very many clients. Although yesterday we had that barbecue and remember she showed up um the lady who was my client for 20 years. I, so, I came late. Oh, you came, came someone after, told me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, she came, she's been my client for over 20 years and <laughs> she spoke, she started, she was 56. Now she's 76, takes zero medication. She walks, you know, three miles a day. She has this amazing life. She's got a boyfriend and all that stuff. 76. She's, she's doing all this amazing things. So she was an example of, one of the early successes yeah. and tr that set a trend for to that created FDN that created the course in FDN, but I stopped practicing for the most part. And um, then there's people like Jen who had very successful FDN practices and there's a number of others and, but not enough, right. not enough to complete the mission. So we said, what we need is a model practice. We're going to create our own in-house model practice for FDNs to follow. So FDN Thrive is the, is the child of that, you know, and it's an amazing group of, with you and Joe and uh, Brandy and the rest of the mentors and all the people in there, Pam, of course. And, um, you know, so we now have a practice that's exactly what FDN is supposed to be, yeah. not just to serve the public. Obviously, we want to serve the public. Matter of fact, it's amazing. What's happening is a lot of the public, they hire an FDN. Next thing you know, they want to be an FDN, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's that's another cool thing about it. But it was to show so that, you know, the mission, which is to teach others, deputize them so they can go and spread the love, so to speak. Um, now we're giving them an exact model to follow and to work in. We have many of our graduates working there. So the public has this opportunity to get the best of the best, like what Zen delivered to your mom. We're not doing that, you know, as a standard practice and um, that can be easily duplicated by our, our tribe. Yeah. And since we have, you know, so much um, horsepower over there, so to speak, you don't have to get on a three month wait list to work with an FDN. You can work with FDN Thrive anytime you're ready. And guys, I've shouted this out on the show before. All you have to do is go to FDNthrive.com. You click that get started here button and the rest is, it just happens, right? We get on a call with people and we're going to ask you questions. We're going to see yeah. what's going on. It's not a you're not paying for a call. We're seeing if we can help you. Chances are very likely that we can. Sometimes someone has to maybe go do something else first, but that's less I'm often than not. So glad you made that distinction because, uh, again, we're not making promises. What we're saying is that why don't we have a talk so we could see if we can help you? Uh, we're not guaranteeing we could help every single person on the planet, but we need to have a conversation and we'll decide 
and you can decide if you want to work with us, but we'll decide if we can help you or not. If we can't help you on that call, that discovery call, uh, we'll send you somewhere like, like that, that yeah. can. And that's that's a promise that that I guarantee you. I, I, I we're not going to leave off. you hanging. Oh, we're not the right company. You know, good luck on your journey. No, we'll find someone that can where you, you got some little special thing you need to do. I have started every call off with that. I'm like, at the very least from today, you're going to go in the right direction. This isn't a call right. where we're oh, right. So sorry, we couldn't help. Have a great one. You know, we'll see you later. Yeah, you keep that up. In this yeah, it's always getting people in the right direction. All right. So we're almost at an hour. Um, people know where they can find FDN Thrive, FDNThrive.com. Now, I feel like I know your answer, but I'm curious. I got to ask this because we ask a signature question to everyone on the Health Detective okay. podcast. And that is, if I could give Reed Davis in this case, a magic wand, and you could get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or not do one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? Man, uh, I would get everybody to start their day with a, a prayer that they can connect energetically with every other person on the planet. Uh, with with the entire universe, if you will, there is one source of creation and we all belong to it. We all are part of it. It's there in you. You're not your mind and you're not your body. All your aches and pains are just an accumulation of physical experiences. All your mental uh, junk that you have flying around and we all have it. Uh, it's just a, a, an accumulation of the crap you've watched on TV or experienced at your job or family, whatever it is. So you're not a, you're not just an accumulation of thoughts and body parts and cells and tissues, organisms. You're something much more um, important than that, much more significant than that. And so I make a very feeble attempt every day to connect to that spirit and say that I am connected to every other person and living thing on the planet and you can take it beyond that if you want um, to the stars and moons and everything, if you feel like it. But um, when you do that, I find myself feeling thankful, you know, like I'm thankful for you and for Jen and I could point out all these things, but I'm really just thankful to be here um, and being able to separate myself from body and mind from time to time. And uh, at least I'm giving it a stab. So if I had to pick one thing, that's what it would be. That's all, okay. I did not expect that at all. So that's awesome um, to hear. I'm not, I know that you have that philosophy, but it's not what I expect is the answer. And I realize I'm wrong with the expectations with the answers like 90% of the time. And that's why it's a fun question to ask. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, good. I mean, I could have said, you know, 25 jumping jacks, but everyone knows that would be bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So, I mean, yeah, thank you so much for being here and supporting 100 episodes. We have a perfect five-star rating still to this day, uh, well over 40 ratings at this point. And that's just cool. That's uh, very cool. People are like doing a that. fantastic job, by the way. Congratulations. And thank you for being our podcast host. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me as it. Um, any last words, final thoughts, just spread the love. All that's right. It. You know, have a great day. Uh, we're going to go do something fun the rest of today. Evan flew all the way from the East coast. I'm we're in Southern California right now. So we're going to go have some more fun before we send him back to work. <laughs> all right. Thanks guys. We'll see you. Thanks for tuning into the health detective podcast. If you are ready to finally work with a real health detective on your health journey so that you can get well and stay well naturally, visit us at fdmthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button.